Hello and welcome to The Brave, a podcast all about resilience and dealing with the challenges and complexity of life in the 21st century. I'm your host, Beth Vincent, and episode to episode, we uncover how systems, people and places can be adaptable and robust in this age of constant change and upheaval. This week, we're going to be talking about what to expect in the new normal, what's going to happen in a post-pandemic world. And this is a topic I've been thinking about a lot recently, because like all of you, what has happened over the past 13, 14 weeks, I have no idea now, time has gone very strange. <laughs> that is one of the symptoms of the new normal, but it's it's affected many areas of my life. And I'm currently trying to buy a house, which you could argue it's a questionable time to be doing that, but you know, we're pushing ahead um, <laughs> in the greatest faith that things will be okay. And this phrase, the new normal, has been used a lot, especially in the tech world, I've seen it a lot, and used by companies like Accenture and PwC to basically describe the fundamental shifts we've seen in society and how basically what we're experiencing at the moment isn't going to go away. I I think a lot of us now realise we're not just going to wake up, the virus is going to be gone and we're just going to snap out of it and get back to the way things were before, the world before will not happen again. So the big question on everyone's mind is, okay, right, what is this new world going to look like? So in this episode, I'm going to be basically sharing my thoughts around three distinct areas, which I think are right for change. They're going to involve a little bit of upheaval. We're going to have to be adaptable and robust and all of those kind of, I guess, buzzwords. They are buzzwords. But essentially, we're all going to have to get used to a different way of doing things. And those three areas are Urban unbundling is what I call urban unbundling and essentially whether cities will thrive and survive or will people look to live and work outside of cities and we'll explore what that means further. I'm going to talk about the digital economy and you know I was on a call the other week where someone said our company has experienced a decade's worth of digital transformation in six weeks and that has really kind of stuck with me and got me thinking about the future and then finally we're going to be talking about essentially are we going to get a new green deal you know what are going to be maybe some of the positive outcomes of the pandemic and the way people are revisiting how they live their lives companies are revisiting the way they operate so to start off with to talk about urban unbundling and this all came about and I I do write a newsletter actually called The Brave as well and it covers very similar themes to this podcast And basically, the whole fact that a lot of the population, and there are some caveats here where, you know, what I'm talking about is it's unashamedly tech-centric, that's the kind of world I live and work in, but a lot of the population have suddenly had to shift to working from home, a lot of companies have suddenly realised that, okay, we can do this whole working from home thing, we have the skills, we have the technology in place, you know, Zoom, even things like Slack, and it seems quite simple now, but having like a um, messaging application, you know, if you go back even five six years that wasn't so common and we have those things now and people are working from home and kind of realizing that maybe this is the future of work and I've actually just recorded an episode with Darren Murph who's the head of remote at GitLab and we dig into a little bit more what the future of remote work is going to look like but if we accept that more people are going to work from home and that location is no longer as important unless you work in a job 
in manufacturing or you're a frontline healthcare worker or you work in a shop obviously location is still important there but for many people they can work from home and will probably continue doing so so where is the place of the city and all of that obviously cities are designed for scale they're designed to pull resources together you know that's why humans started in ancient mesopotamia living all together because they've got the benefits of aggregated labor you know everyone can kind of work the same fields they could share resources and it actually led to greater specialization as well in in the society so people went from being kind of hunter-gatherers skilled in many different areas to being skilled in specific verticals and this is completely off the top of the head i don't know if this is actually accurate but you know you might get people who are experiencing growing certain types of grain or herding cattle or whatever and that has led obviously down the road in the following thousands of years to this super hyper specialization we all have today you know I work in a very specialized field I'm a digital marketeer and if you put me in a field and ask me to grow some wheat it would be bad well you wouldn't want to feel well you wouldn't want to feed your town off of it just saying that so basically my whole point is cities were designed to kind of pull labor together but what happens when that labor no longer needs to be together as in you can get all the benefits of scale and get the benefits of specialization without having to have people in geographically you know the same location what does that mean for the world and it's something I've been thinking about a lot in um, I guess a work context in terms of hiring you know what what does it mean now that a whole global talent pool has opened up whereas maybe before companies were looking to hire much more based on you know can someone commute to the office and what's that going to mean and then actually in my own personal life the fact that I do think remote working will become maybe not the absolute norm but definitely way more common than it was has got me thinking about you know you could move somewhere a little bit further outside of a city and I live in York which is it's not really a city it's got 200,000 people but um, it has a cathedral so in the UK it's a city but you know thinking about moving outside of York and is that possible is that feasible can I still you know one of the reasons we participate and are drawn to cities is that we generally are rewarded better for our labour in cities because the the economics of scale reward us there but again it's a two-way street you know companies can get the economics of a highly kind of intensified labor force being in cities but also those people can extract more for their labor as well by being in a city if that makes sense but what happens when that's disrupted and you can get both benefits no matter where you are so really I think one of the things we are going to see is that there probably will be a more short-term exodus from living in urban areas people have been cooped up at home uh if you're anything like me you've kind of enjoyed it sometimes um it's been quite nice actually (laughs) but you know some people will have been living in small apartments small flats in very highly dense urban areas and I think there will be this kind of desire to leave that and to seek space and to seek greenery and to just not live on top of so many people as before also we've seen obviously there is a higher health risk there's a higher risk of transmission with any infectious disease if you have more of a population living together and people have woken up to that fact a little bit more much like after the plagues you know which it came in um oh i did a whole podcast episode on this i can't remember the date 1347 was when the bubonic plague hit England in the following hundreds of years. People did, if they could and they were wealthy enough, did kind of leave cities, especially London, when there were really high outbreaks of plague. So are we going to see that same kind of pattern happening here? And then what does that mean for a city? How do you design a city then? which no longer has to rely on people all be congregating together to have a city economy in some sense, 
but also can we rethink the way we build spaces? Can we build spaces to be more resilient against passing on infection, for example, with more space? Can we redesign the way we live if we don't have to live right by where we work? Will people want bigger spaces? And it raises a lot of questions. And I guess this podcast episode, it, it isn't designed necessarily to answer, you know, what to expect in the new normal in a definitive it's more to just unpick what could happen and I'm not you know a soothsayer or anything like that these are just kind of my opinions and thoughts on where things might go so short term I think we will see a mass exodus from cities they will probably be the people who can economically afford to do so um, unfortunately and that opportunity will be locked to people unable to do so economically but in the longer term I still think cities will have the kind of dynamic pool they've always had on people you know I think it's not just about being in a location that rewards you better economically and gives you a better economic opportunity it's also the cultural aspect of cities you know the access to nightlife to food that's the thing I'm missing the most at the moment what I wouldn't give to go out for a meal that wasn't cooked by myself or my partner or was a takeaway you know that that is the thing that makes cities so wonderful to live in is that culture that kind of vibe that kind of um I guess <laughs> cafe society thing going on so to go on to our next topic which is thinking about the digital economy and as I said you know we've experienced a massive acceleration of digital transformation across multiple industries you know from retail to you know the people going on to more of an e-commerce model to my industry where our services are kind of very in demand because everyone wants to digitize processes and systems to even healthcare where actually on-demand remote healthcare is becoming the norm because it's safer for patients safer for doctors and what does that mean and I think because of this shift, it's going to further accelerate some trends which were underlying before where the digital economy, generally people were better rewarded in it. You know, their tech as an industry in the UK has a higher average wage than other industries. And that is because there is a certain kind of set of skills and specialisms which are required to build technology and they are rare and actually there was a talent shortage even before all of this pandemic and I think the pandemic may further accelerate it slightly even though that's countering my argument that employment will be opened up as remote global opportunities become available but as you know it's a supply and demand thing as more people demand technology and to kind of unlock the power of technology for their business you know the, the the supply is still quite limited so what I suspect will happen and I've, it's kind of hard to talk about this because I, I have no idea how this is going to affect me my family my friends but we are looking at a severe period of economic trauma where there will be there will be a recession there will be job losses there will be redundancies certain industries you know tourism for example will be very hard hit and I do I feel terribly for the people who are working or have businesses or are very reliant on these industries for income because it's going to be a very difficult period but one of the I guess opportunities I see in all of this and this is what the brave is about really um it's a podcast about looking at the flip side of uncertainty the flip side of the downside if that makes sense and looking for opportunities where other people may not spot them I think if kind of government and industry can align this offers an amazing opportunity to actually digitally upskill our workforce very much in the way that should have happened you know in the 1980s after the mines were shut and heavy industry got shut down can we can we reskill people into a digital economy that is crying out for talent it's absolutely crying out for talented people and I do believe because of 
well, basically the fact that knowledge is so freely available on the internet that anyone can learn about this industry. I don't want to say they can enter into it because I understand there are cultural barriers and there are socioeconomic barriers to that, but at least anyone could learn the skills they would require to come into this industry. And I think it's up to kind of government to put in sort of programming programs in place for training, working with universities, educational institutions. But I think it's also up to us as a tech industry as well to provide those skills you know we're going to benefit from them ultimately so if we provide that training and provide that support to reskill people into this demand you know demand area of, of of industry the benefits are going to be great but I appreciate there are some hurdles to go before that can happen and like I said I do think it relies on a lot of collaboration between government and ultimately funding you know I can have all of the willpower there but we do need to pay people to train people at the end of the day. So, you know, the digital economy, yes, it's rapidly accelerating. Yes, it, it will become even more important than ever. But we could be victims of our own success if we don't focus on building the talent, the, you know, the expertise we need to continue this. And I mean this both from the sense of, of the United Kingdom and building our talent, you know, within the country I live, but also more widely across the globe. You know, there are, there are so many problems out there that could still be solved through technology and it just requires the knowledge the skills and the appetite to attack those problems so finally to come on to a subject again I've been thinking a lot about and it's the kind of I guess environmental legacy of the pandemic and whether it's going to shift people's perceptions of of I guess the climate crisis you know are we going to become more aware of it one of the things I've noticed throughout the kind of lockdown period here in the UK is that I've really heard wildlife I've seen wildlife in a way I haven't for years and I think it was about two years ago I read an article in in the Guardian that talked about the fact that the insect population in the UK was was basically dramatically declining I think one of the figures they quoted was 80% decline in insects and I was thinking back to, when I read this article I was thinking back to my childhood and I was like yeah when I used to drive around with my parents because we lived in kind of a semi countryside area used to drive around my dad would forever be wiping the screen of his car you know be getting the windscreen wipers on and, and doing the spray and I haven't had to do that much throughout my adult life you know really since I passed my driving test and I do drive out in the countryside in quite rural areas and that that realisation that I had experienced that shift, that I can remember that shift, that I can remember the time before, was pretty, well, it was pretty powerful. And it's, it's, it shook me, to be perfectly honest. It terrified me. And throughout the lockdown period, a similar kind of thing happened where I could hear the birds a lot more. And they were a lot kind of more present in the morning. I saw a lot more wildlife in my garden from butterflies to hedgehogs to the occasional naughty fox coming in and yowling and shrieking at night. I mean, that was, it was cute, but, you know, foxes have their downsides. But, you know, I think it hasn't gone unnoticed by people that the natural world has shifted very dramatically due to some quite serious changes in our behaviour, but it took a short space of time and air pollution, for example, in York, again, went really, really down during this period. And so are people going to be more conscious of the natural world? And obviously, you know, we've all heard about the fact that coronavirus was potentially caused due to our destruction of the natural world, due to our invasion of, you know, very kind of um, complex biomes. Was that kind of a cause behind it? And that is what scientists are asking at the moment. And I think companies as well are 
And this is kind of, I think, my suspicion is a result of kind of seeing the cost savings as well, but looking at, you know, do we need to fly out to all of those business meetings? You know, we literally cannot fly at the moment, realistically. So we're going to have to find a way around it. And will that have shifted people's behaviour to more environmentally friendly, but also more cost friendly behaviours as well? And I think, again, there is a real opportunity here for government, for institutions, for companies to work together and to be galvanised by public opinion that we do need to do something about what's going on and will will we see more kind of investment into green infrastructure into green energy and that also creates jobs as well so there might be kind of an economic stimulus there that could be quite interesting but also are people just going to not stand for the destruction of the world they live in anymore because they've seen what it's like when that that isn't so rampant but there is a downside to this and the fact that um you know we're all kind of using masks and the sort of single-use plastic coming in back again if you go out for a coffee now you have to have a takeout cup and all of that is that going to kind of i guess outweigh some of the benefits we had due to lockdown and due to declining travel and things like that so i think it's going to be a mixed bag but that's an area i i am cautiously hopeful that we will see some positive changes in So those are kind of my thoughts around what to expect from the new normal and the three areas I'm really interested in. So urban unbundling, the digital economy and green environmental sentiment, I guess, (laughs) is my argument there. I'd be really interested to know what you think, whether there's any areas I kind of missed off here, because I know the kind of concept of the new normal, A, it's a bit of kind of industry jargon to say uh, say it politely but also it's such a big topic you know there's so much uncertainty so much unknown you know and we don't know what tomorrow is going to look like and it's quite hard to predict but there are are there certain areas that you're excited about or you're interested in or you're seeing a big shift in maybe you work in certain industries and you're like huh this has actually changed a lot in a short period of time and I don't see that change going away I'd be really interested to hear from you you can always chat to me I am on Twitter, I am I'm ever at Instagram if that's your jam and you can find me well you can find me at Beth and Vincent but you can also find The Brave um, at The Brave Listen on Twitter and Instagram and we're also on Facebook as well and I share kind of articles and interesting things I come across that are about the future, about how we can prepare for uncertainty which seems like an oxymoron but <laughs> I think if you prepare for the uncertain you're at least prepared in some sense And finally, if you enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could leave a ratings and or a review. It just means more people get to hear about the podcast. It also makes me super happy and I do a little kind of fangirl dance, which is really embarrassing. And if enough people do it, I will feel like one day. (laughs) But that, that would be incredible if you could do it on the platform of your choice. So please go ahead and connect with me. Let me know what you think and I will see you in the next episode. As I said, the next episode will be with Darren Murph, who is the head of remote at GitLab. And it was a really interesting one and it builds up on a lot of the kind of, I guess I've taken quite a high level overview looking at the world in this episode, but we dig down a little bit further into that question of remote work and making remote work for everyone. Thanks so much. I will speak to you soon.